0: In the Lab, a Texans podcast that takes a different look at things. Drew Doherty and John Harris have their lab coats and goggles on and the Bunsen burners burning. Here's Drew.
1: Hello, friends, and welcome into In the Lab. I'm Drew Doherty. That's John Harris. He just put the U up, or did he? And we're going to get into the U a little bit later. But, John, you're also doing the gator chop. That's fitting. We're going to do a table of contents real quick before you even say anything. First, we're going to revisit what we just discussed last week, and we're going to do it again because we heard from Nick Casario yesterday at the golf tournament. We're going to talk about the pass rush and what's been done to the Texans pass rush. And later on, we're talking about the 2001 Sugar Bowl. What? Because it yielded so many draftable players. But first, how are you, my friend?
0: Doing okay. Uh, hanging in there. The The pipes are a little weary. I will say it's uh, maybe finally catching up to me. But then again, I just, I just did about an hour zoom with my buddy, Jason Barfield talking about Sam Houston state and uh, mm. what they've got going on there. And there's so many different things. I mean, guys getting drafted, they're moving up to FBS football. Uh, so a lot of things happening there in Huntsville and our buddy, Johnny Perry is the offensive coordinator there. Yes. So really cheering for John to do well. Uh, alongside Casey Keeler, who I've got to know pretty well and uh, loves as head coach, and he's done a great job at Sam. So we had a long, long Zoom with that, but then I uh, get the opportunity to jump in and do some in the labs. Man, we're ready to roll.
1: Yes, John Perry, one of our all-time favorite assistants we've ever encountered. Good dude, very, very creative coach as far as some of the drills I saw him yes. do and some of the adaptations I saw. Like he made very, he made very functional sense stuff he made that that his players do and uh yeah he's it's like you say he's going to do some really good things at sam houston state bearcats lucky to have him so best of luck john perry but john last week we touched on the new addition to the pass rush we mainly talked about the guy who the texans signed right after uh right after the draft his name's rasheem green comes to town uh six four two seventy nine in 16 games 16 starts last year he played all 17 games for the seahawks six and a half sacks he had four a couple seasons ago when he played uh, 16 games and got eight starts you know in his career he's got 13 and a half but he's a young young guy he was born in 1997 on may 15th so in five days think about that john He's going to be 25 in five days. He's only 24 right now. Um, That's pretty wild if you think about that. So he's a young, young player. But another guy who's not young, who was also added up front, is Mario Addison. And I say he's not young. He actually is because I'm an old-ass man. I'm 44 years old, going to be 45. (laughs) And and I don't even want to say what your age is because you're older than me. That's okay. But born a decade before, so he's going to be – or he's 34 right now – is Mario Addison comes to town after spending quite a bit of time with the Bills. And before that, he spent an even longer stint. So I say quite a month. He spent two years with the Bills, but between 2012 ish and 2019, he was a Carolina Panther and he was very solid for them in his career. John, he's got 67 sacks and in a stretch between 16 and 19 he had at least 9 sacks or more every season topping out at 11 in 17 this guy can get after the pass or after the passer lovey smith and the bears know him he was a rookie on the bears back in 2011 this is a very interesting so you have those two guys along with Jonathan Grenard on the inside you've got Lopez you've got Malik Collins you've got a few other guys in the mix there uh Booker the, the rookie it's a very interesting mix and i know we discussed it last week but this defensive line it I think it's going to be better than what we saw last year and it was a pretty good defensive line last year yeah
0: I think on am Mar- Mario 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 I'm thinking Mario Addison every time we played the Panthers which it, it wasn't a it wasn't a ton but we did see them in 15 we did see them in 19 yep and then we saw the Bills Every time we played a team that Addison was on, he always worried me, always. Yep. And there's a played ferocity. The
1: last year, too.
0: Yeah, there was a ferocity with the way that he rushes and the way that he gets after it that always troubled me because he, he never – well, I was, we should say he was never. I, I think he started at different points. But either way, when he came into the game, whether starting or coming in for pass rush purposes, mm-hmm. he just had such – Violent ferocity with his rushes, whether it was with a move that he made or with his hands, everything about him was just, wow, you never, I never took my eyes off of him. And like you said, kind of the, the, the point of his career was like 2014, 2015 with the Panthers. From 2014 on, he had six sacks every year except for the COVID year of Buffalo. And even last year, at the age of 33, he had had seven sacks. Mm -hmm. And he's probably gotten to a point now where he's more pass rush specialist than he is anything else, but that's okay. He's 260 pounds, he's got juice coming off the edge. And the years of wisdom that he can share with guys, he's seen a few things. And oh, by the way, Troy University. Spitting out Demarcus Ware, OCU Menyora, mm-hmm. Mario Addison. I mean, it's pretty good. <laughs> edge, edge rushing you at Troy University. I mean, who, who really knew? But, you know, in his, his heyday with the, the Panthers, he was, I just hated seeing him because of how much he could muck things up. Now, as an overall group, you look at it and go, it's, it's kind of an eclectic group in some sense
1: because but that's sort of what you want with this type yeah, of defensive so. line you know I think I think you're right as long think as about, guys because think about those Carolina looks. and think about those Carolina lines you bring him up they had like four it seemed like they had like four or five guys who were just pains in the asses you know and yeah. they're all different pains in the asses
0: right and I and that that's you know with John Grenard kind of the guy that's up and coming then you got Addison the seasoned vet mm-hmm. who's seen pretty much everything mm-hmm. I think you know, Rasheem Green is the guy to me that's just like DeMarcus Walker was interesting last year. Green is interesting because I think Green plays both inside outside and can be very effective in both roles. And I I think watching Walker last year and how he did it, I think the Texans said, hey, we'd like that concept, but maybe we can get a little bit younger and a little bit more explosive at the same time with the same type of body in some sense and, and that's kind of what Rasheem Green is so you kind of have your the DeMar- Marcus Walker inside outside type with Green who is younger and, and more explosive and then you've got the guys in the inside with Malik and uh, Ross and Roy Lopez and I was watching the Titans game yesterday man they gave those guys fits from the Titans mm-hmm. they really gave them fits now it wasn't always perfect there were a couple times they were kind of up the field and, and out of a gap but for the most part. Roy and, and Malik were very tough to block in that game. And you throw them into the mix with those guys, and I'm and not even mentioning guys like Jordan Jenkins and Derek Rivers, that both of those guys are different from the other guys. I mean, Jenkins is a little like Mario Addison. Derek Rivers is, I think, really never been able to do more than scratch the surface because of injuries over mm. the years. But when he got an opportunity last year, you could start to see it. He was stacking good practice days on top of good game days and was doing some good things. And so I think all of that coming together, you look at it and go, okay, maybe there's not an Aaron Donald, or maybe there's not a, um, I don't know, you're like a Tommy Harris, who was a star on the line that love had with the Chicago bears for a long time. Maybe you don't have one of those guys, but the pieces of the puzzle fit together seemingly pretty well. Now you're not going to be able to keep everybody up front, but what we saw last year, I think is key. And that is, the number of guys that they rotate during a game, there'll be eight defensive linemen rotating in and out of that game throughout and keeping guys fresh. And, you know, we saw with, you know, the Bills do that. The Bills do that with their front. We've seen other teams that will do that with their fronts. But there will be times, you know, Roy Malik would start, Garnard on the outside with Jacob Martin. They'd play and all of a sudden you see those four guys come off and four guys would come in. And so from that perspective, you have the depth of – what you want to be able to do up front and keep guys fresh and so yeah you may not have a dominant just you know all pro force up there but if the pieces all work together then i'm fine with that i'd much yep. rather have pieces pieces that fit together as opposed to one guy trying to do everything and teams just focus all of it on stopping him but they can block everybody else yeah so if the pieces come together i think you have a decent opportunity for this line to start like okay yeah we're starting to do some of the things that we'd like to do.
1: When it was at its best, that's one of the things that Lovey Smith's defense did. They had a lot of guys coming at you from the front. And one more add-on to what Casario was talking about yesterday. Think about Green is so young. He's 25. There are guys that were in this draft that are going to be rookies this year who are older than him. There's not many, but there's like a few. There's a handful of them. Wow, and he's yeah. already got four years of NFL experience. So yeah. Yeah, he, he made that point yesterday. I, th- I thought that was a really interesting kind yeah. of you know, eye-opening point yeah. about that line. So that's a little bit about this defensive line. It's going to be fun to see. And then we'll, we'll, we'll see some stuff from uh, the secondary, obviously, the rookies and so on and so forth. Steven Nelson's a, a nice signing. But let's go back to this Florida-Miami Sugar Bowl. I was at this game. It was in early 2001, so it was coming off the 2000 season, and the Canes had been snubbed. They should not have been playing in this game. They should have been playing in the national title game against unbeaten Oklahoma because they had beaten uh, Florida State, who was number one with Chris Winkie. Didn't he win the Heisman earlier in the season? They beat him 27-24. That was a week after they pasted pasted Rutgers 64-6. <laughs> They also, on November 4th, they were third in the nation. Virginia Tech was second. They beat, beat the Hokies down in the Orange Bowl by 20 points, 41-21.
0: Yeah, Vic, Vic had an ankle injury. Yeah. He had crushed him the year before. It was like 43-14 to 14, the year before. He just dominated. But he had an ankle injury about a week or two prior. And so he sat out the game before Miami, and he was a sitting duck. In that yeah. game against Miami, they just destroyed him.
1: So, so on this Miami team, you had guys who wound up in the league. Wide receiver, Daryl Jones, drafted by the Giants in the seventh round in 02. 2 Yeah, running back, Najee Davenport. We know about him. He may, Oh, Andre Johnson. It's going to be oh, in the Hall of Fame yeah. someday. Santana Moss played for 14 seasons in the NFL. Ken yep. Dorsey didn't play in the NFL very long, if at all, but good college quarterback. James Jackson made it to the league with the Browns, the Packers, the Cardinals, Clinton Portis. We know all about Clinton Portis. Uh, that's a pretty good lineman. Brian McKinney, Mount McKinney. He's one of the best First that's ever done yet. it. He was a seventh overall pick. Uh, Reggie Wayne was on that team. Jeremy Shockey was on that team on defense. You had Mike Rumpf, <sighs> Ed Reed. I mean, Dan Morgan, nope. Chris, Cam- I, he had some, Damian Lewis uh, just, like, goes on and on and on and on. That was – Damian
0: Lewis was a first-rounder that Lovey Smith uh, was instrumental in in drafting mm -hmm. with the Rams, I believe, in 2001, I think.
1: Yeah, he had a cup of coffee with the Texans late in his Mm -hmm. career in uh, 2010, 2011-ish. And then the the Gators, they lost that game. They weren't as good, obviously, but they came into it ranked seventh. Um, They got hiccups against Mississippi State. They lost to Florida State pretty badly. Oh yeah, but you know, they beat good. some top top twenty teams. They had some pretty good players too. Rex Grossman was their quarterback. He wound up playing in uh, a Super Bowl. Jesse Palmer, the Bachelor, not bad. Uh, mm-hmm. Who else? Jabar Gaffney, Rache Caldwell, yeah. Rod Warren, Lido Shepard. I mean, they had they had players all over the place too. That's a pretty darn good matchup. I, You brought that up last week and. The only game off the top of my head that I can think of that might come close to matching that firepower would be the Texas USC matchup in the title yeah,
0: game, Texas, USC. I mean, the thing, the, the, the difference. So I, have looked up, so it started with 2019 LSU, Alabama, when we drafted Stingley
1: mm-hmm. and
0: then Mechie and then Deculus.
1: And that's what spawned this whole talk. Right.
0: Because that was three. So, in that 2019 LSU-Alabama game, I was trying to figure out, like, is there more high-level talent drafted in that game than any others? And so I started there. And in that game, now there are four players still at Alabama, and I think of those four, three of them at a minimum, could be all four, have a, have a potential of being uh, day one, day two picks. Mm-hmm. So you could have more. But in that game right now, there are 18 first-rounders, 11 second-rounders, and nine third-rounders. So 38 players in that game were drafted in the top – three rounds. So then I start thinking about other games. You mentioned Texas USC. Now I haven't done the, the uh, I haven't done that one yet. Uh, but the Miami Florida state game in 2000 was one. I thought a lot about the difference in that game, like in the, in the 2019 LSU, Alabama game, all three quarterbacks that played Mac Jones Tua Tagovailoa, Loa and Joe Burrow were all drafted within the top 15 picks. Dorsey was in the seventh round and Chris Winkie went in the fourth round. Mm-hmm. So the quarterbacks were different. And, it's kind of a little bit of the same in this one because Dorsey was drafted in the seventh. But Rex Grossman ends up being a first-round pick, and he took the Lovey Smith coached Bears to the Super Bowl in 2006. But one of the things about this game, too, was I had been in Florida at this particular time. And so my first year in Florida was 1994. And so our first game of the year I was coaching the middle school, but I was also helping with the varsity too. And our first game of the year was against the school called Union County. And so the guys all told me, okay, Union County is pretty good, man. Just, just so you know, and I was like, oh, okay. And they were telling me about this quarterback and running back. They had the state four by 100 team as receivers and DBs. I'm like, oh boy, we get to the game. And I look down there and I'm like, Hey, who's 60? And I look down at this massive, massive human being and so none of our guys know who they are and i look at the union county coach I'm like, coach who's that and he goes oh big money i was like big money i was like yeah he's big you know, no it's gerard warren
1: uh-huh, like, yeah
0: oh and his nickname is big money and he goes oh yeah so he was a sophomore at the time and just dominated over the next three years ends up going to florida was the number three overall pick and i think injuries and um I think his weight was never under control. And so I think that ended up, in it, but he was number three overall. He was that good. And I remember seeing him as a sophomore in high school thinking, oh my God, I haven't seen a guy like that in a long time. <laughs> so that team with Florida was absolutely, you mentioned Jabbar Gaffney, former Texan, uh, Lito Shepard, Lito Shepard, Gaffney, and one other player, all went to the same high school in uh, Jacksonville called Rains High School. And man, that school was loaded. But that Florida team, that 2000 Florida team was really, really good. The Miami-Florida State game in 2000, I did, I did the work on that game, just looking back. That game is loaded too. So Miami, Florida and Florida State in the year 2000, it was, uh, it, it's indescribable what talent w- was at those three schools at that time. It was going to drop off for Miami and was going to pick up for Florida state and then Florida picked it up. Once urban Meyer got there in 2005, 2006, and they've always kind of been cyclical, but it was mm-hmm. like the year 2000, they kind of intersected with all these players from everywhere. I mean, it was incredible. I mean, Miami had players from California, uh, Florida had a quarterback from Canada. I mean, it was, it was bizarre. And it was Bobby Bowden and it was uh, Butch Davis and it was Steve Spurrier. I mean, it was, it was incredible. Um, But that Texas USC game, it'll be fun to go back and look at that one and see. And the thing about that one is you had, you had two quarterbacks, they were first rounders. And and that was what separates these other games is that 2019 LSU, Alabama had the quarterbacks that went in the first round that Rose bowl had Matt Leinert, first rounder, Vince Young, first rounder. And so those, that that's kind of the difference, but I want to go back and look at that USC uh, Texas game because it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty loaded, too. But the only one that I, I've found that no one can match yet is that 2019 LSU-Alabama game. I mean, it's, it's beyond comprehension what was all, all the talent in that game right now.
1: And that's probably going to be the one that has more NFL staying power. Certainly the, certainly the Sugar Bowl does because yes. they, their guys that played in that game, they lasted longer in the NFL than the yep. Texas-USC guys. I mean, really, it was the USC linebacking crew, and they were all young in that yep. game. They wouldn't play, get drafted until Cushing, like yeah oh uh, nine
0: yeah
1: mm-hmm. so th- yeah and then they had some good guys on you know Darnell Bing great college player made it in the NFL yeah. a little bit but yep. just didn't yep. have like the star staying power that 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 one did but yep anyhow well Man. it's always always good taking a stroll down memory I was at that game I was at the Sugar Bowl. In uh, in the Superdome. It's fun. That's crazy. I, just, I didn't know that until today. Yeah. That's yeah. Very my, cool. buddy, my good buddy Clark Gaines, who he's come to uh come to NRG Stadium a time or two. His little brother Andy. We're all good pals. And uh, Clark and I went to college together and he had us over. He said, come on to the Sugar Bowl. He picked me up from the airport uh I think the thirtieth of December, because we did New Year's Eve, and he was coming straight from the Saints upset of the, the reigning world champion Rams. Yes. And yes. he said, I can't really hear you right now. He was talking real loud. He's like, they played Who Let the Dogs Out about 48 times during the game. So, yeah. But it was a fun New Year's Eve. <laughs> we went and saw the game or too, after that.
0: Oh, that's awesome. That's very cool. All
1: right. Well, uh, this has been In the Lab. For John Harris, I'm Drew Doherty, and we will see you next week.